Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome everyone to the most stupendous show on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet catalogue. This is ESSR Central, the A show on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Network. My name is Ross McLeod, your host, as always, joined to discuss all things WrestleMania weekend from SmackDown to Stand and Deliver to Night One to Night Two. He is David Hawking. David, how are you? Yeah, the most stupendous central panellist is here. <laughs> we're just going to milk the use of the word stupendous on this show, aren't we? I, I was about to say, I love how in the advert there's like a thousand different words, but everyone's just gravitated towards stupendous. Mm-hmm. But anyway, before we start with a stupendous central... Just know that we have a stupendous back catalogue over on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. You can find us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And of course, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Get involved in the conversation. Actually have some of the conversation, as opposed to that that absolute cretin of a man, David Campbell. After this week, he won't be posting his goat's questions anymore. But that's another story for another time. Anyway, let's not talk about David Campbell's massive ego. Let's talk about an event that's almost as big as David Campbell's ego, David. Let's talk <laughs> about WrestleMania. And yes. They'd be as well making it three nights. The, you know, we thought, oh, two nights, that gets everyone on the card. No, apparently not. We've still got NXT, <laughs> and we've got the SmackDown WrestleMania, and we're going to start at SmackDown first. Um, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Now, David, we only have two two-hour pre-shows. Mm-hmm. So clearly in that four hours, there wasn't enough time for a Battle Royal. Yeah, uh, clearly a bit, of a bit of a scheduling conflict or something must be going on because, I mean, how on earth were they supposed to fill two hours at a pre-show? So they've, I guess they've just been bumped to the SmackDown, I guess. <laughs> well, we have... Uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I have the list of participants in the phone. Do we, even need, do we even need to read the list of participants? It's really going to be between two people here. Well, I, I, I think I know you're two people, but I'm going to, I'm going to go against you there. So we have the United States Champion Finn Balor, Damien Priest, Apollo Crews, uh, uh, Commander. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Apollo Crews and his commander disease, the Viking Raiders, Madcap Moss, Mansoor, Artruth, Jinder Mahal and Shanky, uh, the 24-7 champion uh, fiancé, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Roode, Akira Tozawa, Drew Gulag and the Hurt Business. So I'm taking the you think it's going to be between Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I mean, they are two glaring, like, easy, safe bet winners right there. But I would like to hear your thoughts on who else could potentially win it. I don't know about who else could potentially win it, but I do think that there is going to be a moment in the match because they're very prominent on the poster for the Battle Royal and they've been going back and forward feuding over the United States title. I think something happens on 
on SmackDown that results in Balor and Priest fighting at WrestleMania, be it maybe Balor eliminating Priest when we get to, like, say, the final four or five, and Priest running back in and eliminating him, mm-hmm. or Priest eliminating Balor and then saying, I eliminated the US champion, I want my shot, and then, okay, right, you can have your shot at WrestleMania. I, I just think... I just think something's happening in this battle royal to to result in the US title match being moved to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So I don't see any of them winning it. Um, truth be told, if, if anyone wins it from this current lineup, I'm going to go either. You know, I'm going to go Mansoor. Mansoor for the Saudi Arabia pop. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to choose Mansoor and for the exact same reason, because if it was, if WrestleMania was in Saudi Arabia, you're guaranteed that Mansoor was probably winning that. But I like, I think, I like how we're on the same wavelength for that one. But just to counteract your point about Priest and Balor, I'm still of the suspicion that one of them is going to win, probably Priest. And that gives him the Andre the Giant win, but it also gives that purpose in a way, because like people say, oh, the winner of the Andre the Battle Royal gets the the big trophy but what happens afterwards i mean just look at mojo raleigh one year i mean he did absolutely nothing afterwards what if the winner gets the right to challenge for a mid-card title you know if that's the trend going forward then obviously priest has a reason to say you know he eliminated balor and that could put the title match on wrestlemania anyway but just to give him that little extra boost for essentially carrying the United States title since SummerSlam last year it was a hell of a run he went on 210 days i think he deserves a bit of uh a bit of uh, earning his dues for WrestleMania weekend. I I, I just I don't see. I, I think Bar Braun Strowman, the obvious answer, never wins the Battle Royal. If you get me, like, mm-hmm. it all came out of nowhere. Big Show. We were like, oh, I've had this before. When Big Show goes into, oh no, Big Show's actually won it. Uh, Corbin popping up at thirty two. Uh, 33 and 34 with Mojo Rawley and Matt Hardy. They were two <clears throat> two winners with a bit different. And then uh, last year, even uh, main event Jey Uso um, mm-hmm. popping up with a win. So I don't think it's ever the obvious bit in these battle royals. I think they use them to fill a wee bit of TV time and very rarely does the person that gets an entrance win the Battle Royal. So, I don't know. I'll go Mansoor. I think, I think Mansoor and something to put his hat on next time he's in Saudi Arabia. You know what I mean? They'll have like, the mm-hmm. big trophy and all that when he's in Saudi Arabia next time when he takes on, I don't know, Jinder Mahal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you yeah. know what? I'll consider Mansoor, uh, given that we're doing a big WrestleMania sweep uh, within the pod. Okay, well, it means a lot to me that you've considered them. <laughs> Either that or, hey, you know what? What about our truth? Our truth. Sure. Give them, you know, the big pop. I think there's going to be something with like a double wedding or 24-7 titles at WrestleMania after after the segment we saw on Raw. So, God, God knows what's happening here. But mm. anyway, we'll move on for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and talk of the US title being on WrestleMania, to talk of the IC champion being on WrestleMania. Um, so, Los, Lith- uh, Los Lotharios both 
with a sort of dubious win over uh, Ricochet. Ricochet then getting beat on Raw by Austin Theory, so not exactly a great weekend for, uh, sorry, a great week for Ricochet. He heads in uh, as Intercontinental Champion in a triple threat match against Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Mm-hmm. I don't like how they did this. Like, if you're going to have them lose on Raw and SmackDown, you know, have them lose to one of each of them, but it's under, you know, shady circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there was no need for him to lose to Austin Theory. He's been sort of a weak champion. Ricochet really only won the belt to, like, further the the Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn storyline. Mm-hmm. And it, it really screams, we we had nothing for you, this this sort of match here. I I was also of the, the opinion, I know I said I thought the US title would be on WrestleMania. I thought because uh, they've announced New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch on the outside. I thought something was going to happen and they were going to have Ricochet either be cost the title or be attacked backstage by Sheamus and his crew, and he would be the guy to replace uh, Big E in the New Day's six-man tag match. Obviously, mm-hmm. I just made a tag match now, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And it's just a, it's a bit of a bummer. It feels very much like with um, with Nakamura, there's always, it feels like one step forward, two steps back, when they're trying to get him back to that sort of NXT first arrival on the main roster push sort of level. It feels like, yes, he's got the IC title, but he won it with the help of Johnny Knoxville. Yes, he's going to WrestleMania. Well, he's going to WrestleMania SmackDown. You know, it's... it's mm-hmm. He's defending the IC title. He's on a three-match losing streak. You know, it's never... You know, I, I yeah. just... I was invested when this was first announced, but then... The more I've thought about the two losses in one night and then being squashed by Austin Theory, the more I'm just like, I I really don't care about this match. I'm sure it'll be a barn burner, but I just I don't care about this match. No, I'm the same. It's uh, it's really not been the best booking for for Big Trevor because this was a guy who a couple of weeks ago he was well. Some reports were stating that he was going to be booked as the the number two babyface on SmackDown, and yet he's looking like a chump at the minute. Like losing to Los Lotharios and Austin Theory consecutively over two shows. And but to be honest, I think Rick, Ricochet's not, I don't think he's to blame for this. I think he's just been booked into a corner despite, you know, being one of the mid card champions. And I, remember, I recall saying this in the group chat is that why on earth did they not? like have another intercontinental championship ladder match especially you know given the the sad news of scott hall's recent passing like what better way to you know idolize the workhorse title but also pay quite a fitting tribute to a two-time hall of famer than to have a a ladder match for the intercontinental title in in memory of scott hall like i've seen a couple of you know fantasy bookers you know try and introduce that concept or at least you know try and get the discussion going on it and it and we've seen what ricochet can do with a ladder match i mean just think of the the first ever nxt north american title match takeover new orleans five-star classic and he absolutely smashed out the park who's to say he can't do the same thing again with a, a bunch of a bunch of guys 
from SmackDown. You know, you have the New Day in there, have Sheamus and Holland in there if you fancy, because obviously they've had the interactions with each other there. It, it sort of writes itself in a way, but now he's just been sort of stuck booking against a, a mid-tier tag team. And you know what happens when tag teams compete in triple threats? They're going to argue amongst themselves and then the champion capitalizes on it. It's it's very booking 101 when it comes to this this type of match. And I'm disappointed that Ricochet is not going to get a proper WrestleMania moment this time around. Yeah, it's weird as well. Like he wasn't on the main roster technically. And he got a WrestleMania match, and now since he's been on the main roster, he's not had a WrestleMania match. Oh, actually, I think he has. Mania 35, he teamed with Alistair Black in the... This was the weird period where NXT guys were showing up on... Mm. Ron he was still NXT. He was still NXT at the time. Well, the, the likes of... He, he never he never went back to NXT after that, you know, because the the takeover that year, takeover New York, I think that was their last appearance on NXT, and then they got the match on WrestleMania. So I assume that was their main roster call up. Well, I was more going with once he was done with NXT. So the the WrestleMania match got announced before his final NXT match. Right, so, right. Yeah, that was his like official. Oh, by the way, we're here now. And they did the whole, oh, by the way, Alistair Black and Ricochet have decided to go their separate ways. That That's mm. with his main roster call-up. And since then, you know, he, he wasn't on WrestleMania 36. A lot of people went on WrestleMania 36 for obvious reasons due to the pandemic. Um, last year, he was in the Bat Royal. This year, he's in the Bat Royal. Uh, he's basically on the same spot. Like, he's not in the Bat Royal, but he's in the... On the SmackDown, and that, like, see if you're going to go the, the, the pre, the pre-pre show. Yeah, and even see if they went. By the way, see from now on, uh, the the WrestleMania before SmackDown, there's going to be three matches every year, and we're going to have the, these will be the matches. I wouldn't mind that, but it's it feels very much like viewer programming to see. See us talk about the big storylines, and we'll throw you these bones. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like anything special. And as you mentioned, I was thinking the exact same thing. Los Lotharios are going to beat him down. Humberto wants the pin. No, Angel wants the pin. No, Humberto wants the pin. And then one of them gets rolled up, and you know that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Ricochet wins the title. But I do look forward to watching the match. From from liking the people in the match, but I don't have any investment in it. That's why I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. But do we think Ricochet is going to retain? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it going any other way. No, nah, me me either. Um, and as you said, the the Scott Hall ladder match that, that a lot of people talked about, if you took the three people in this match and the five people involved in the New Day, Sheamus's crew match, you you've got an eight man ladder match right there. You know what I mean? Sorted. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not to be. But anyway, we'll move on to NXT. Um a seven match card uh, for stand and deliver. Not takeover anymore, just NXT stand and deliver. Um uh. I don't actually mind this. I, I was about to ask your opinion there, but you made that quite clear when you went boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel very much like the the in your house thing 
like WWE pay-per-views used to be called WWE in your house, you know, Great White North, WWE in your house, Revenge of the Taker, WWE in your house, good friend, better enemies. Mm-hmm. And then no, I, I... sort of dropped the in your house thing and we went forward. I, I feel like it's just sort of like that. Mm, yeah, I suppose so. But I think, see, during the pandemic, I think NXT could have just used the in your house thing just because it's obviously there's no audience. Everybody just has to watch it from home because that makes that makes sense. You know, it's just sort of making light of a uh, a bad situation. But the takeover stamp kind of just sort of gave it that exclamation point. Like this is NXT taking over the weekend and it doesn't matter what your main roster show is going to be like. NXT is the show that will deliver and it has delivered takeovers have for, for years, at least five or six years now takeovers have been the standalone event for, you know, big four pay-per-view weekends. And, but I suppose looking at it from a higher level, it, I suppose it doesn't take away, you know, the match quality. It just, um, just because you take the word takeover out, I suppose it doesn't really affect the show in general. Maybe you got a few fresh faces through developmental and a few, you know, black and gold originals, but uh, either way, I'm, I'm excited for this show. In fact, dare I say, I'm actually more excited for Stand and Deliver than I am for WrestleMania. I I wouldn't go that far. I think WWE has done a decent job with the big matches on WrestleMania, but obviously there is the failings such as the Intercontinental title. But we'll start with um, let's start with one of one of the pillars of NXT, Tommaso Ciampa taking on Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo making it clear he wants to build his legacy off the back of Tommaso Ciampa. Um, John Isherwood and I had a conversation a few weeks ago about what if for the 2.0, you know, we've seen Tommaso Ciampa on Raw. Is this Tommaso Ciampa's last stand? It sounds like it. Like he's he's been talking about, you know, I've been in NXT for for six years now, and you know, he does that promo with the chair with the date on it and stuff. It makes you think, you know, this is gonna be his swan song for NXT. I mean, a lot of people thought it when he lost the title to to Braun Breaker, but obviously he stuck around a little bit longer. I think, but Braun Breaker was already a star in the making, so I think putting him over wasn't enough. I think Champa now needs to put somebody over who needs that little extra oomph just to get them into the NXT 2.0 spotlight. And Tony D'Angelo, I've been listening to you guys. Uh, we've talked about him on Central. We've talked about him on other shows. Tony D'Angelo is definitely a bit of a dark horse for 2.0, but he needs that extra spotlight on him. And a big win over a former two-time NXT champion will do him a world of favours here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in what you say there about putting people over on the way out. The likes of Braun Breaker, he, he was earmarked from day one of NXT 2.0 to be the star. So it wasn't enough to just put him over. Someone like uh, a Tony D'Angelo who's not really had much to hang his hat on you know you look at the rest of that war games team from team 2.0 you know you've got um carmelo hayes north american champion cruiserweight champion undisputed north american champion now mm-hmm. recently had the feud with uh, aj styles tony d'angelo has not done much and i think a win over tommaso champa would be the ice on the cake on his way out mm-hmm. and of course for 
for one of the matches of the weekend, I think, LA Knight versus Gunther. I think this could be absolutely sensational. I really think this could be a dark horse for match of the weekend. Definitely. I hope, I hope I'm right. I hope it's not just a big, massive Gunther chop and then down goes LA Knight. Mm-hmm. Nah, like I've seen him. I think Gunther. Who did he face? Who did Gunther face recently on NXT? Was it? Um, oh, Duke Hudson. That's him. Yeah, like I recall a chop from that match, and it like it literally echoed throughout the entire arena. It was mental. But the the former Eli Drake, I think, would be a a very very good opponent for somebody like uh, Gunther. So, uh, I mean, there's definitely a bit of a seeds planted for a potentially sh- a potential show stealer, but I don't think people are, are going to really expect how how much potential this could this could deliver. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the, like I said, one of the dark horses for the weekend, and. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it, the name Gunther, don't exactly hate it now. It's just sort of, like, you, you think about it, like, people at the time went, Gunther, like, his name before was Walter. Like, if you didn't know, like, if that guy came in with the name Gunther and did everything he did on the Indies and then they changed it to Walter, is it better? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're just one, like, one word names. You know what I mean? So, no, don't exactly hate the name Gunther anymore. Uh, I suppose the only other Walter I know of was uh, Walter the Softy from the Beano, so it's uh, it doesn't exactly scream, you know, big three hundred pound, six foot seven Goliath who with one chop could cave your chest in. <laughs> no, no, Walter Smith. That that's a name with substance. Walter. Uh, Smith. Uh, oh. <laughs> now let's move to. A match just added, actually. Um, I've not seen this week's NXT, so I don't know how this has came about. But last time I saw Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai had went their separate ways. Now they're fighting for the NXT tag team titles at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I saw this and I was like, what the fuck? Like, where'd this come from? But apparently it was um, it was a backstage attack from Toxic Attraction. They attacked Wendy Chu. And then, obviously, Raquel had to go away for a bit because of, I think, she had a injury of sorts. So she was off for about a few weeks. But then she comes back looking for a measure of retribution against Toxic Attraction. And then, obviously, because Wendy Chu was Dakota's partner, she comes out and takes out Toxic Attraction. So it seems like the old, the, the first ever NXT Women's Tag Champions have, got, have found themselves a common enemy with Toxic Attraction. And that's how this story's come around. But you just can't help but think the last time Raquel and Dakota were in the same ring, they were against each other for the NXT women's title. And it was quite a, quite a bitter feud as well. So there was never really any sort of recovery period between or sort of retribution angle between then and now it was kind of like when HBK and triple H had that massive rivalry over 2003, 2004, uh, where it culminated inside hell in a cell like they had a few backstage segments in the weeks prior to the reuniting as DX in 2006. I think if they went with that, you know, even if it was just a couple of backstage interactions between Dakota and Raquel, at least they would have planted the seeds for a reunion. But this again, it just feels sort of plucked out of thin air. 
But at the same time, you can't really complain about it because you've got an established team with toxic attraction against a once uh, established team going for the NXT women's tag titles. So in the way, you know, it works out for everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good to have them both on WrestleMania weekend. And we were wondering because, and this leads us right into the next uh, the the next match when Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray used their uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic win for a, a chance to be added into the Cora Jade Mandy Rose uh, match for the NXT Women's Title. We were like, not a good look for the tag titles. We were originally told that Gigi Dolan had an injury, but. If this was the plan all along, then I don't really mind because Raquel and Dakota have got history as a tag team, and Io and Kaylee Ray, you know, the Dusty Roads brings to, uh, brings together strange bedfellows. If they're not going to be a tag team after it, I don't mind them both going. Look, we got this far, we got our opportunity, made the best women win mm-hmm. as they get into the fatal four way for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I feel bad for Cora Jade here. I thought she would. Um, I thought she would have uh, had her big moment at WrestleMania weekend. Now I'm not so sure. I think uh, I think either Kaylee, I think Kaylee Ray will either win it or Mandy Rose retains. I don't see Io Shirai coming at WrestleMania weekend with the title. See, that's where I'm gonna actually go against you there. I think there's potential for Io Shirai to have a a second run. I mean, as as mad as it might sound, um, adding. Io Shirai to this match creates the the seed of doubt, you know, is Mandy going to retain under these circumstances? It's it's possible, but there is there is that element of doubt, you think, could we see a, another two-time reign here? But adding Io and Kaylee to the this match, I actually think it saved it from being the match that got overlooked at Stand and Deliver because Mandy versus Cora on paper, and I've said this in the group chat, it had potential to be the weakest match on the card. Largely because, well, Mandy's done a a pretty solid run as NXT Women's Champion. Cora Jade had a bit of a breakout moment in War Games. But on paper, it just didn't didn't scream like the the NXT Women's title matches of the Black and Gold brand. So it need, I think it's been amped up now with the addition of the former NXT Women's Champion and the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion here so and it creates obviously the bit of fatal four ways are always quite dramatic and stuff so you could go could go either way but i I like the addition of eo and kaylee here i think it's made things a lot more unpredictable and it's made it definitely worth watching i uh, yeah i can see why cora jade would be the weakest match of the weekend you know Mm. She is, she is only 20-year-old. She's coming in with a handful of matches under her belt. She did have the big moment in War Games, as you mentioned. Uh, but, and, and Kaylee Ray, again, they, they seem very high up on her, I think. You know, I, I'm looking at the card we've talked about so far. Tony, Tony D'Angelo is going to have a breakout win, I think, over to Master Champa. I think Gunther, they're quite high on. So I think he's going to be LA Knight. And I think Kaylee Ray retains here. I'm sorry, I don't see Io Shirai. Wait, you mean Mandy retains? Sorry, Kaylee Ray winning, becoming the new champion. Or right. the second most likely is a Mandy retention to me because I I don't see Io Shirai 
being on NXT much longer. I think she's part of the black and gold brand. She's part of the fabric that was there. I think she will be phased out. And the likes of Raquel Gonzalez, she'll be a 2.0-er. The likes of Wendy Chu, you've got Tiffany Stratton, uh, Nikita Lyons coming through. Ivy Nile. Ivy Nile, yeah, from the Diamond Mine. So I feel... I feel her time on NXT's roster is up, much like Tommaso Ciampa's, and I'll go on a limb here, I think whoever wins pins Io Shirai on their way out. There you go. Mm. I can see you're 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 to- you're totally taken forward with that. <laughs> <laughs> I get this is what I like about it. There, this is an unpredictable booking scenario here, because we could see a retention, but I think if Toxic Attraction are retaining then Mandy might lose, or it could be the other way around. So it's that's kind of what usually happens in Mania Weekend. It's like the underlings retain, but the leader loses. I mean, think of like Mania 20. The rest of Evolution beat Rock and Sock, and Triple H lost the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so from the women's tag team titles and the women's tag team, it's women dusty. So like, it's easy <laughs> The women's tag team championships and the women's Dusty Cup winners to the men's tag team championships with the men's Dusty Cup winners. Um, two years in a row, NXT have done the team wins. Team wins the tournament. Team gets attacked before their big title match. Team then gets a title rematch at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, this year's no different. The Creed brothers were taken out after winning a... The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic didn't get their match with Imperium. MSK did. Um, there's now been footage of MSK, uh, sorry, of masked men. Uh, <laughs> MSK'd men. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Well, there you go. You can't spell MSK. Sorry, masked without MSK. So, um, yep. <laughs> there's been photos of masked men burning down the diamond uh, mine, like rec room and the training center. I think it's going to be the, the obvious, oh, we were the ones that attacked you. But I'm interested to get your thoughts. Do you think in this triple threat, we're going to see MSK turn completely heel? Or do you think it's going to be Creed Brothers wins and then once they won, another tag team attacks them and it turns out like, surprise, it was us. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty, quite clear that the Creed Brothers are the favourites to win here. And it makes even more sense that even though MSK appears to be on their side, it definitely smells like a heel turn coming because their crowd reactions as of late have not been that that positive. Uh, and, you know, a casual viewer would look at that and think, MSK are not capable of that sort of thing. You know, they're, they're nice guys. They're laid back, but they can go in the ring. Like, they don't have an evil bone in their body and stuff. Listen, if they'd seen what was going, like, you'd seen the the reaction to, I think, what he was saying about, like, Izzy, the super fan, it's people, you can understand why people would start booing them. Like, and maybe they're just going to capitalize on that crowd heat and, you know, make them go heel. Because, I mean, it would be quite interesting booking and it shows that, you know, they're adapting to crowd reactions a little bit. But we can't take that away from the Creed brothers, you know, who have been absolutely sensational on NXT as of late, winning the Dusty Cup. And I think their time is now to win the Tag Team Championships. Okay, so you're going for Creed Brothers. I, I, I prefer Creed Brothers win and then they sort of 
sort of get battered and beaten down by another team and then we go forward, you know, the Creed Brothers versus this new team. I'd like for it to be grizzled young veterans considering I've got them in my bloody draft team. <laughs> nice get a few points on the way out. But anyway, we'll move on from that to a fatal five-way for the NXT North American Championship. Carmelo Hayes, the yeah. Okay. And taking <laughs> on Santos Escobar, Solo Sikoa, Grayson Waller and Cameron Grimes. Uh, we talked about how we're not happy there's not an Intercontinental title ladder match, but it's probably best because we've saw before um, they, they wanted um, Nakamura versus, sorry, they wanted Champa versus Gargano to be a last man standing. And then when they decided that, oh, by the way, main roster that weekend, AJ Styles and Nakamura having a last man standing, they had to change that. So I'm glad we didn't build up a, a ladder match just for the last minute for them to go, oh, by the way, it's not a ladder match anymore. So Carmelo Hayes taking on Santos Escobar, Solo Sikoa, Grace Moller, Cameron Grimes. Bar, um, bar Braun Breaker, I don't think anyone's had a better NXT 2.0 run than Carmelo Hayes. No, for sure. Like, he was the last sort of breakout star of the black and gold brand. I mean, it took a while to get, get his feet off the ground, but I think 2.0 has been a godsend for him. You know, he's got tons of charisma. He's got a ton of talent. He was a standard performer in war games. Uh, he's got Trick Williams, to, you know, to back him up, which is great. He just adapts so well to the 2.0 format. I think he would have been out of place if black and gold had stuck around. Like, he would have just been lost in the shuffle. But here, I think this is a good way for him to really showcase what he's got. And even if he does lose, he could argue he wasn't pinned for it. And maybe that could be a rub for him, you know, to go up to the NXT title. Because I think he's he is capable of being NXT champion. When you talk about him being capable of being NXT champion, does that mean you don't see him retaining the title this weekend? And if not, then... Who who takes the title? Who's, whose time is it to become North American champion? Ooh, see, normally if the champion's defending in a ladder match, the odds don't favour them. So I'm going to say Carmelo loses, but at least he has the excuse to say that he, has, he, he wasn't pinned for it. And my pick to win this match is Cameron Grimes because he's had a few brushes with the NXT North American title in challenging for it. He's been in a number of ladder matches as a heel. I mean, I think he was the favorite when, I think he was one of the favorites when Damian Priest won the ladder match. I think it was the year before or last, uh, 2020, I think it may have been. But um, yeah, I think it's his time now. You know, we have a face NXT North American champion. He'll be one of the last standing black and gold competitors but it still gives him a little bit more time to grow and develop into a main roster-esque character in 2.0. And the crowd's massively behind him as well. So I think it's time for him to go straight to the moon and capture his first major title. He says that with so much charisma. You said it like a wet fart. You said <laughs> No, listen. If I if I do the accent, I'm just gonna make my I just make myself sound really, really ridiculous. But I'll give it anyway. All, all the enthusiasm of a man who's been sent a dentist bill and a tax return form. You <laughs> see it? All right. Cam yeah. Yes. 
Cameron well, Graves is going to the moon. It's a two-night WrestleMania, David. Yeah. Energy about you. The most stupendous to the moon. And the good thing here, obviously, before we get into the main event, obviously we're talking about Stand and Deliver. It's on WrestleMania Saturday. It's on, uh, I believe, 12 p.m. UK, uh, US time, which is 5 p.m. 5 p.m. for us in the UK. And I, I quite like this because WrestleMania weekends before, you know, we'd have, if we had the Hall of Fame on the Thursday and now we smack down on the Friday, that would mean NXT back on the, the Tuesday or Wednesday. And... It just it gets a bit too much. And obviously the day of WrestleMania, you can't focus on anything else because you're like, WrestleMania, come on, WrestleMania. Let's get to WrestleMania. This is a nice wee a wee two-hour stopgap, you know, from some from like five to half seven to give you something else to watch before we get to WrestleMania. You know what I mean? It's a nice little nice little starter, if you will. A wee a wee appetizer for the weekend. And it also means one less late night for us UK viewers. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't if you can't sit through all of WrestleMania, at least you've got some quality NXT talent to to brighten your evening. Well, let's talk about the young up and comer like Dolph Ziggler, the young up and coming forty one years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that is a bit of a cheap shot. I I like Dolph Ziggler in NXT, by the way. I really I've enjoyed him, you know, and we we talk about um Vince not not connecting the whole universe. You know, if, if it happens in NXT, it didn't ha- really matter. So when they come up to Raw, they change the gimmick. I really wish he would stop having fucking Dolph and Bobby lose random tag matches while Dolph is NXT champion. Mm. But that's a different story. That's another rant for another day. Uh, Dolph Ziggler shocking the world coming down to NXT, taking the title from Braun Breaker uh, in a triple threat match under dubious circumstances. But he's the champion. He's heading into WrestleMania weekend with a world title. So Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker. Is Dolph Ziggler sticking around with the title? Is Braun Breaker going to Raw? Or is Braun Breaker going to have his second run as NXT champion? Yes, yes, and no. Like, that's my three one-word answers for each. I think there's potential for Dolph Ziggler to be the measuring stick for this new crop of talent in NXT like, but it also it acts as like a bit of a refreshment for him because when was the last time Dolph Ziggler was relevant on Raw or SmackDown? Like, it's it's a very open question at this point, and he was been probably he it started twenty nineteen when he was feuding with um, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, like the program he had with Drew was pretty good, uh, but then again, they were tag team champions for a. I'm not even talking about 2020 when he was fighting for the WWE title because he, he popped up, fought with Drew for a month and then buggered off again. So he wasn't uh, even then. I'm, I'm more meaning 2019 when he was, um, when he just broke up from Drew. He eliminates Drew from the, the Royal Rumble and then the next night on Raw because he wanted some time off. Drew just absolutely leathers him. I think that was <laughs> Time he was really relevant, and then before that, it was like three years before when he was doing the IC title thing with the Miz. Yeah, that was outstanding, outstanding bit of work from him. 
But yeah, I don't like how he's been relegated to a nothing team with Robert Roode at the minute. Uh, but this gives him a new lease on life. And I think he might fill the void in which I think Samoa Joe was meant to fill when he beat Carrying Cross. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, I mean, Dolph Ziggler is a reliable pair of hands as a single star. He just needs to be booked like one of them. And there's lots of up and coming, like I said, lots of up and coming talent, fresh talent, you know, quite a few baby faces is there as well. Definitely gives him a solid run at, as champion. But the higher ups on Raw, from what I've heard, are very, very high on Braun Breaker at the minute. And I think he'll be going to Raw as soon as possible. I think it could be a big weekend for the Steiner family. Obviously, Scott and Rick going into the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got the main event of NXT, obviously featuring Braun Breaker. And then I think we might see on Monday, I think we might see the debut of the Dogface Gremlin. Uh, <laughs> I, maybe maybe as a tag team, him and Champa coming up as a tag team, God knows. I mean, Brock could certainly use the tag teams. I wouldn't mind a small tag team run for them, and then maybe maybe the, you know we can do the split up further down the line, and Braun goes to do his thing, and Champa goes to do his thing. I wouldn't be against that. Nah, me neither. Like even if the draft happens later this year. You know, one could go, one could stay on Raw, one could go to SmackDown. It works out quite well for them, I'd say. Yeah, I'll I'll put this scenario to you. What if at WrestleMania weekend the Alpha Academy retain the Raw tag team titles? They're out. They're on the stage. Chad Gable's giving it. I thank you. Shush. Tell people shush. <laughs> and then we have the music hit. Braun and Champa are there. Braun and Champa, the night after WrestleMania, win the Raw Tag Titles. What about that scenario? <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that. Uh, I think That's... it's. I think that may be a bit of a stretch, though, because I'm not sure if because Alpha Academy weren't on Raw this week for some reason, and I don't favor them fav as favorites to win the championships. I could see an RK Bro Street Profits feud happening post Mania, with possibly a Street Profits heel turn. Maybe, maybe. That, that'd be quite cool. We'll, we'll get into that more with the Raw tag titles. But obviously, we talked about uh, Dolph Ziggler there. Um, he has been booked as relevant again. Do you see this being another um, sort of screwy finish to protect Braun Breaker? Or how, how, do you see, how do you see Dolph Ziggler getting out of this? Still as NXT. Oh, it's got to be shenanigans. It's got to be shenanigans riddled. Like... Uh, I could see Robert Roode getting involved. I could uh, could somebody else get involved, possibly. Uh, yeah, it, it's difficult to say at this stage, but I reckon it'll be quite a, a hard-fought battle, much like you know a lot of the NXT title matches tend to be. You know, when it comes to sort of big big shows, uh, I think Ziggler might just squeeze out the win at the last minute, but it won't be without a few shenanigans, maybe from the side of Robert Roode. And obviously, we, we you used a perfect turn of phrase there, the measuring stick, the sort of the Samoa Joe standard uh, that he was going to play before he got injured. Who who takes the title from Dolph Ziggler uh, if he mm -hmm. sticks around? Because me and John Ishwood discussed this, and we put a couple of names forward, but 
they all turned out to be heels. So is there a baby face there that you think could take the title from Dolph Ziggler? I mean, if the only one that screams to mind, if he doesn't win the ladder match, then possibly Cameron Grimes. Or if we see if we do see a face turn down the line, we could see maybe Santos Escobar. Maybe I don't know if Carmelo would work as a baby face. I actually think he works better as a heel. Uh, again, difficult to say, but assuming there's a face turn down the line, maybe Santos Escobar. And if he doesn't win the ladder match, possibly Cameron Grimes. See, I, I would argue Carmelo works as a face because you could put him as an anti-hero or a sort of cocky, cocky baby face and not change too much of that character with Santos Escobar. He's a heel heel. Like he's he's a despicable bastard. So I, I think you change you change him face, you lose everything that's special about him. So mm. I, I'd be against that. But a, a name that I mentioned, because it's been rumored that Rey Mysterio is taking a wee break after WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind seeing Dominic Mysterio go down to NXT. Yes. Because he was, Dominic has competed on NXT recently. I think it was against a member of Legado as well. So there is definitely potential for Dominic to go down to to NXT as well. And Ziggler and Dominic have got history, you know. Dominic beat Ziggler and Rude to win his first championship. Aye. No, that's a good shout. So we'll move right on to WrestleMania. Night one. Let's see, will we? See, there's so many matches. I keep forgetting. There we are. We've got the card in front of me. 14 matches over two nights. Like That's like two regular pay-per-views in one weekend. We talked about Dominic Mysterio there, so we'll jump right into him. Him and the Miz, uh, sorry, him and his dad against the Miz and Logan Paul. Miz, two years in a row, is on celebrity duty. Uh, I think that suits him down to the ground. Um, we've, we've saw Logan... People can say what they like about Logan Paul, but I like when someone throws themselves into it and isn't afraid to, you know, have the piss taken out of themselves. You know, he he did the thing last year when he got stunned by Kevin Owens. He's he's take well, he's taken a few beatings off the Mysterios, and meanwhile he's played up, you know, being an arrogant asshole with the Miz. I I, I like how Logan Paul has really thrown himself into this. Aye, for sure. And from the Miz's standpoint as well, I think he was in the process of filming season three of Miz and Misses as well, because I think he posted on his Instagram some sort of backstage interview shots where he's holding Ray's mask. So I think that storyline is actually getting a part of, is going to be a part of Miz and Misses. So he's not, Logan Paul's not just helping WWE, he's helping the Miz out a lot as well. And it seems to be definitely more about them two getting a lot more mainstream exposure because Logan Paul's got a massive YouTube following, uh, like, and I only knew about him after that boxing feud he had with uh, with KSI. So that's how I I know about him, and I, I do watch Miz and Misses. So I must confess, like, I, I choose it over Total Bellas any day of the week. But it's definitely I don't like reality TV, and yet he's watching Miz and Misses. I know, I know, I'm a hypocrite, Subi. But yeah, it's definitely more about them than the Mysterios, I think, just so they can get mainstream eyes on the product. Yeah, I 100% agree there. Um, 
there was a line that Mouse said about the tag titles where he said, uh, Ray and Dominic, same old, same old. Uh, Miz and Logan Paul, box office, it gets more exposure. It gets more exposure than just this wrestling crowd. And that's something we've had a discussion with before about talking about wrestlers that are mainstream or wrestlers do we think they're crossover stars because we see them as mega stars you know what I mean whereas Mm -hmm. you know your your average man in the street might not have a clue who Roman Roman Reigns is so and I think we are guilty of getting caught in the bubble but you know we we all did it with Bad Bunny where we're like who the hell is this idiot you know what I mean (laughs) whereas he turned out to be one a really great asset of the company and two you looked him up and you're like, oh my God, this guy's a megastar. Like, he, WWE needs him, not the other way about. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like one of the top five selling, top five art streaming artists on Spotify in 2019 or 2020, one of the two. Yeah, and he's the like, the highest, the most streamed Latin uh, artist or something like that as well. Uh, Latin mm. American artist I- on uh, Spotify so you know he's a massive superstar Logan Paul with you know the pop he, he came to popularity during the Vine era built up a massive YouTube following did a lot of stuff on YouTube uh, has done a lot of promotion with the boxing stuff he's got his own podcast been on TV shows he is a massive massive get for WWE in terms of mainstream exposure Logan Paul is a mainstream celebrity people might not like him you know, I, you can say what you like about him as a person, but as a celebrity, there's no denying that he is a great get for WWE. And the only question here is, are they walking out of WrestleMania with a win? Or is it going to be a happy moment for the father-son tag team? I'm leaning towards the latter. I think Ray and Dominic will get this one because not only does it give Dominic a bit of a boost for a WrestleMania moment, but it sort of resets the plate for them a little bit because I don't see Ray or Dominic possibly feuding after this. Because I, 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 I appreciate, you know, there was a time before where we discussed a potential Ray versus Dominic match at Mania, but that seems to be way off at this stage. But I, yeah. I think I think your prediction of Dominic going to NXT sounds more realistic at this stage. But The Miz and Logan Paul could still have that Mania moment after the match. You know, Miz could blame Logan for the loss. And then Logan does a move to the Miz and he gets the celebrity pop at the end of it. Because obviously, I think Miz is willing to do the job to make sure the celebrity gets a pop, even if he wins or loses. But I can see Ray and Dominic walking away with the win here. Um, Let's move on to a couple of the matches we can just sort of quickly skip by, because we do obviously have a lot to cover. But Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, the the feud that will not end. Um, (laughs) You know, he beat, he beat Corbin and Moss in a handicap match this past week on Raw. We've practically seen the match already. I know. I, I hate when they do that. Like, I don't mind. See if they go, oh, by the way, we're going to have a, an eight-man tag match and it's going to be, you know, the competitors for this match against the competitors for that match. Fair enough, you know what I mean? Like, because we see people in tag matches in the build-up to feuds. But when you just, when you tweak it slightly, like, you know, it's just, it's a bit pointless. But anyway... Um, Drew McIntyre definitely winning this. I think so, yeah. yeah. I feel bad well, for I, Drew. He fucking better as well because he's on my draft team. 
I feel bad for Drew because, you know, when there was nobody in the crowd, he's fighting Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and uh, Randy Orton and AJ Styles. And then there's people in the crowd and he's in the dead spot of SummerSlam fighting Jinder Mahal. And he's probably going to be, that match went four and a half minutes, by the way. Mm-hmm. I can see that match going the same way. Drew with a quick uh, bro kick, so uh, Claymore, sorry, to to Happy Corbin and one, two, three. Yeah, I think there was some dissension in the ranks between Corbin and Moss as well. Like, so there is potential split between them two. Like, they, do you know what they remind me of at this stage? It's like you know they tell the jokes and each other make each other laugh. It's like that sketch from Chewing the Fat where the two painters make jokes towards each other, they make each other laugh. And then the one that's played by Greg Hempel is like, he makes a really sort of crude, out of context type of joke. And then the other guy just goes, you've taken that too far. Yeah. Like that's Corbin and Moss at the minute. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, I think uh, a breakup's coming. And I think we're going to see the old Baron Corbin soon enough, but not before he takes a claymore at WrestleMania. Uh, we discussed this briefly earlier on. We were talking about the IC title, the New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Obviously, it was meant to be a six-man tag match. We saw what happened to Big E. We hope he gets well soon. But do you think Ricochet will be added to this match? Do you think New Day will find a partner? Or do you think it's just going to go ahead with New Day... Uh, New Day down in the 3-2 advantage for a change? Uh, I'd like if Ricochet was added. You know, at least it gives him a spot on the card and it ties in with the Seamus Ridge Holland angle, etc. But I honestly couldn't give a monkeys about this uh, this match here because, I mean, it's great to see Woods back following injury, etc. And he's getting to go on WrestleMania. But, but if I was to choose between these teams, I think Seamus and Ridge plus... Pete Butch Dunn need a need a big win over the New Day as a whole. So if I was, oh, yeah, way, think, that could be a dark horse for the Battle Royal if he's not going to be on WrestleMania. Uh, Pete Dunn could be in the Battle Royal, could be a shout. Mm, yeah, possibly, or he just acts as like a heavy hand at this stage before you know getting in the ring because he's not. Remember, he's not Pete Dunn anymore. He's fucking Butch. Like that's what I'm just going to call him now. You know, WWE likes to own their trademark names. Your yep. favourite marks his name. It's his own fault. He gets a stupid fucking gimmick. <laughs> uh, it's Peaky Blinders, bitch. Jesus. Oh, for God's sake. Pete Dunn. Peter Dunn. It Peter sounds Dunn. Like, he, he sounds like an accountant, for God's sake. You know what I mean? <laughs> bitch. Bitch. There we go. That's a man's name. Welcome no. to man's bitch. world. But, bitch is a dog's name. There you are, well, he's a pit bull. Uh, last time I heard pit bulls in WWE was the team of Jamie Noble and Kit Cash. That's a smashing joke, that, David. I'm going to move on here. <laughs> um, tag team title match, we we referenced this earlier on as well. Nakamura and Rick Boogs against the Usos. Um, I, I, I want to get excited because I want to... I want to see Nakamura with a title in WWE again, but it seems every time he wins a title, he then disappears. Um, you know, it happened with both his US title reigns, it's happened with all three of his IC title reigns, and he's three US IC title reigns, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had three. One of them lasted about... Because he, he beat 
he beat Rusev at the Royal Rumble 2020 and then lost yeah. it to R-Truth the week after. That was a US title? Yeah. Um, yep. I'm sure he's won three. Anyway, anyway, whenever he wins a title, you know, in the US title, he either loses it straight away or he wins it and then disappears off TV. We saw that with his IC title runs and his tag title run with... Um, with Cesaro, I think this is sort of more just to get. Would you call it over? To get over, I think. No, no. Uh, I think Vince McMahon's pretty high on Rick Boogs. He's impressed him ever since he did that sort of. Uh, was it the Old Spice commercial? And he won the title. <laughs> Seriously, that's the thing. That's how Rick Boogs is where he is now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Really, Mister McMahon loved it. And Rick Boogs the twenty four seven title and then Old Spice commercial. There you are. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I he was under a different name in NXT, but yeah. he, he was he was gone in a flash. Yeah. That, that's that's so, what he should be advertising. He should be that advertising sell it bag, got it bag in the and the boogs is gone. For God's sake, David. <laughs> and, I know your push patter. Um I think this is to give Rick Boogs a bit of a, a spotlight at WrestleMania. I don't think it's for Nakamura's benefit, but I think Nakamura's along for the ride. Do you see the longest reigning SmackDown tag title run in history ending, or do you think it's going to keep going? Well, I hope not. I actually want to see it keep keep on going, because if they're putting all their chips in with the bloodline, I think we need to look as strong as possible, especially if Roman's the favourite to win the the main event, the unification match. I think the Usos need to hold on to the SmackDown tag titles a little bit longer. And if they start a new, if they start a new season of WWE, shall we say, like WrestleMania is the season end, uh, yeah. for example, I think the bloodline needs to go in looking as absolutely as strong as possible. And the Usos, I think, need to retain here. Boogs will, will be fine. He always gets the crowd going. He... He just needs like a little more time to really sort of grow into it and really get a lot more me- momentum behind him. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about the Raw Women's title, a title match that has been centred around hair, uh, really. <laughs> um, Bianca Belair injuring Becky Lynch with her trademark whip. Uh, Becky Lynch then using her hair to nearly break Bianca's neck, and then Bianca returning this week and cutting Becky's hair. Um, hair, hair, hair. So, <laughs> um, what would you call it? Um, th- this this feud's had a lot going on. Yeah, I think the, the hair thing is obviously just a bit of a sideshow here, but we've been building this since Becky's return and Becky's heel turn, and I've really enjoyed Becky's maniacal breakdown, the sort of you chose her over me. You're cheering her over me. What about me? You forgot about me. Feeling like, feeling like the redhead stepchild, really. Um, <laughs> the Stephen Wilson, if you will, of WWE. <laughs> I think we're going to go with that. But it's it's been really fun, and it's been it's been great the way they've kept Bianca strong, even when she hasn't had the title. There hasn't been the rush to like. Let's put her on another brand and throw that title at her. Like, no, we've kept her strong. We've got to where we are now. She's going to, she's heading into WrestleMania, and I think she's taking the title back. Um, or sorry, I think she's taking the Raw title back after winning the SmackDown title the year before. Um, 
I've got a feeling this opens the show as well. I think this has got the possibility to be an absolute mm-hmm. bummer. Oh, yeah. I think it's got opening match written all over it, especially if Charlotte Ronda was uh, was supposedly going to be the the main event, like in terms of matches, at least it's going to be the, the main event. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is the most unpredictable the most unpredictable booking I've seen so far because you've got two, the two women who have main evented, won the main event of WrestleMania ever. And the feud has been so back and forth as of late, it's really difficult to pick a winner here. Uh, no, I'm, I like this, how it's been so far because, you know, Bianca's made to look strong at coming out of Elimination Chamber. Becky's, you know... Big time goat run has been working very well in her favor, especially as a heel. And yeah, I'm genuinely torn on this one. I I cannot choose a winner. I think, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the potential main event. I think the other match on this card has decided Becky's fate. I think, um, I think next year's WrestleMania is Becky versus Ronda one-on-one. And Ronda has said in promos, Charlotte, you're not special. I picked you because you're the first bitch that's going to get a receipt. So I think that leads to Becky, Ronda next year. And I think Bianca takes the win here. Maybe Becky gets a rematch of Backlash, goes away for a wee while, and then maybe comes back when the draft happens and ends up on SmackDown. And she either I I see I think Becky either wins the Royal Rumble next year and becomes the first ever two time women's Royal Rumble winner, or she like we just have Ronda straight up challenger say you're next basically. Or Becky wins the Elimination Chamber. Or the Chamber, you know, either or, um, but. Yeah, I think I think the other match determines this, and I think Bianca going forward is going to be the Raw Women's Champion. And you know what? I'd like to see going forward meaningful feuds for the women's title without a member of the Horsewomen. It's nothing against them. It's WWE that overexposes them. But I'd like to see I'd like to see Bianca have a good feud with Rhea Ripley. I'd like to ever have, have a good feud with Liv Morgan, uh, with Nikki Cross, with Dewdrop, with. Eo Shirai, possibly. You know, I'd, oh, I'd, yes. I'd love to see all of that. And I'd love to see... I'd love to see WWE using the horsewomen in other ways than just, oh, well, we need somebody in the title scene. On you go. You know, I, I'd like... I'd like a bit... Something a bit different. But anyway, uh, I think Bianca's winning this one. One title match to the other. Ronda versus Charlotte. I think this one's a lot more obvious. You do not, you do mm, not. Bring yeah, Ronda Rousey back, and you do not have her win the Royal Rumble if she's not going to win the SmackDown Women's Title. I'm going to be honest. I've not been enamoured with this all the build up. Like the, the the actual match, I'm sure will be great, and the the selling point of Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. Give it to me. But, oh yeah, the match sells itself. Yeah, but the build up has not been not been anything to write home about. No, it, it screams repetition from three years ago, a little bit just without Becky, essentially. So it's almost like they're they're rehashing 
what they were supposed to do for WrestleMania 35. But obviously, Becky's rise to popularity just could not be ignored. And I think this is just, you know, they're redoing what was supposed to happen a few years ago. Uh, obviously, the result would be in question in that instance. But I think this time around, it if SmackDown's going to be on Fox and Fox executives are pandering for, for Ronda to have a, like a, a prime spot as a, a leading champion, it only makes sense to have Ronda go over here. No, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, and it's weird because I, I've mentioned I've not been enamoured with the build-up. I also feel it's one of the more obvious matches of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, sometimes the obvious choice is the right choice. And that's a road that sometimes WWE doesn't take. But there's so much happening on night one that we're talking about the main event third from last because... Just make sure we've got everything else. Yes, we have. Let's talk about Seth freaking Rollins. Let's talk about his road to WrestleMania. Much like John Cena a few years ago, he tried to take every single road to WrestleMania. He tried to get there as the tag team champions. He couldn't do it. So then he asked Kevin Owens, could I take your talk show at WrestleMania? Owens beat him. He then took on AJ Styles for the right to face Edge. Edge cost him that match. It's not been an easy ride for Seth Rollins. He gets called to the boss's office on on Monday morning. And of course, Vince McMahon announces, I'm going to have a hand-picked opponent for you and you won't know the opponent until you're standing in the ring. And of course, Mm. mine's... Minds are going over time. Who could it be? Because there's one obvious answer, but unfortunately with WWE, there's also a hundred answers that no one asked for. There is yeah. much like pointless. There is a hundred answers that no one said. And, <laughs> and who the hell are we going to end up with? Is this going to be a Cody Rhodes debut here? Are we going to end up with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins? Or are we going to have a bait and switch here? I think they'll do a bait and switch. Well, I think they'll do a bait and switch, but then give them what everybody was thinking. Like It's almost like trolling them just to like lower their spirits a little bit and then bring it straight back up again. So Rollins is in the ring. Next thing you know, it'll be, I don't know, here's your opponent. It's Veer Mahan. He's finally come to Raw. No, forget that. He's come to WrestleMania. Uh, or scenario two, your opponent is hello, I am Elias scenario three here comes the money here we go like, can you imagine any of those scenarios I've seen the here comes the money one and I've seen the Elias one obviously it's not going to be Veer Mahan Mahan mania as April 5th. <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, you know, we've got a two-night pre-show before Mahanomania takes place uh, <laughs> on Raw. But, yeah, I've seen a few people mentioning the Elias one. I've seen a few people mention Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is going to be brought in, apparently, for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, they've not made it clear what his role is going to be. But this, to me, screams... 
we want Cody now, give it to us, you know mm. what I mean? Like the the Shane McMahon coming out would be funny. The Elias thing would be funny. It, it'd all be a great laugh, but... No, wait. What if Shane comes out, he stands in the ring, but then he takes off his jersey to reveal a referee's shirt? He's like, I'm not your opponent. I'm the official. I this think, is your opponent. I think Whoa! That's far too convoluted. And that, that is what I'm, I'm, I'm afraid WWE are going to do. See with the... In WWE, you, you would expect them to do something like that. He went and did the, here's your opponent, and everyone thought it was going to be Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, and it was Carmella, and it was, oh, boo, 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 and then Becky Lynch eventually came down to the ring. I think you just, sometimes the obvious choice is the right choice, and sometimes you just, you hit the music, you don't just, and I hope Vince doesn't do, this was a thing Ambrose talked about on Talk is Jericho, they ruin the pop sometimes because like when he, he came back to back up Seth Rollins, instead of just hitting Ambrose's music and getting one big pop, you had the, I need a partner of my own. And then the fans kind of rumble. He's mm-hmm. a lunatic. And then the fans rumble again. And then his music hits. And by the time his music hits, everyone already knows, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, um, mm-hmm. See when people know who number 30 in the Rumble is, they never get a response because oh yeah, we knew it was Kane, it was Big Show, Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? Like It's our truth. Yeah, I think you just, you have Cody Rhodes come out and you, like you have Vince McMahon come out. You don't have Vince saying it and Vince doesn't need to say anything. I think the visual of Cody Rhodes coming out and shaking Vince's hand, kind of like Eric Bischoff did back mm-hmm. in two- do that's enough that is enough you don't need you don't need anything other than that and by the way I hope it's his American Nightmare I hope he has his Downstate theme song uh-huh. because he's got a relationship with Downstate I don't think it would like Cody would fucking pay for his entrance music himself if it meant oh yeah I mean, Downstate is they did the Miz's song as well, and he's still using that after 12 years now. So a downstate song, I think, would make a lot of sense. But I like your booking about, you know, he comes out to shake Vince's hand afterwards because it's like obviously reminiscent of Bischoff being announced as Raw General Manager. It's Vince shaking hands with a former head honcho of his biggest competitor. Like, that just... And it's, it'd be, like, what, 20 years after... Bischoff first arrived on Raw as well. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, would you call? It? I I've seen a lot of people um, say, "Oh, why is Vince all over this?" Just look at AEW's Twitter today. By the way, Tony Khan is all over everything. It's like it's as if he wants you to know, "I'm here. It's me. I give you this. Me, me. Like me. Like me. I give you the good wrestling." <laughs> But anyway, um, we'll move on for that. So, uh, Cody Rhodes, I'm saying it's Cody Rhodes and it's it's going to be a straightforward, but I'm hoping it's straightforward. Cody makes his entrance, shakes Vince's hand, beats Seth Rollins. We can then build a feud after that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it's, almost, it's almost like an exhibition match in a way, but it's the arrival of, well, more like the return of 
somebody who ended up getting lost in the shuffle behind a, a jumpsuit with a star painted on his face and now he's coming back as a proper American nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I really do hope it is the sort of the simplest solution is the best solution. But we move on from that to a talk show that might main event WrestleMania. And I've seen I've seen people complain, I've seen people moan, and to those people I say, we will always have another WrestleMania. There will always be another main eventer who can main event WrestleMania. There's only ever going to be one Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he's been gone from the ring since 2003, Dave. Rumours are rampant Mm -hmm. that this KO show could lead to a match either on the night or on the Sunday night. So I'm going to ask you just now, does Steve Austin wrestle? Or is this going to be a simple KO show followed by a stun on a beer bath? This, I, I'm i going to go against myself here because I did say, like, Austin is in his mid to late 50s now. He has had a history of neck surgery. He retired at the ripe old age of 38 after Mania 19. So we're talking, he's been out of the game for nearly 20 years. Uh, I said in our chat, Just let him enjoy his retirement because he's already a massive contributor to WWE with the Stone Cold podcast. And he he sells his own beer now. I think as a segment alone, it still has the potential to main event. But if it becomes like a brawl afterwards instead of an official match, I still think that would be okay. I, I don't think it needs to be an official match. I think it just needs to be like a a show that breaks down. There's a bit of a scrap on the outside. It looks like KO gets the upper hand at one point, but then Austin, you know, he might take a couple of bumps here and there. It might not be an official match, but he eats the stunner and then drowns Owens in beer afterwards. Like, you know, one last hurrah from the Attitude Era days. Appeal to those people who, you know, miss the good old Stone Cold. Let them go out on a proper high much like in the same way The Undertaker did a couple of years ago, and not have to let his last moment in a ring like end in sadness or tragedy because of his, of his injury or his health, etc. Let him finish what people loved him for, and that's just drowning people in beer, dishing out stunners, and stomping mud holes on everyone. Dave, this is potentially the comeback of possibly the greatest superstar ever to do this, possibly the most popular superstar ever to do this. And during that monologue there, you made you made it sound like watching this was as pleasurable as cleaning out your cat's tub box. Good <laughs> man, it's stone cold Steve Austin. It's, it's, it's a fucking rattlesnake. People- Holy crap, it's stone cold Steve Austin. Yay! <laughs> A history of neck injuries. I saw as Daniel Bryan. It doesn't matter. Like Austin's fifty-seven, Bryan's forty-one. They've still both got messed up necks, and Daniel Bryan's still dropping himself on his head. No one seems to mind that. What? Then <laughs> we've got Edge diving off of ladders. What? 
history of neck injury, had to take 10 years out. What? We've got Stone Cold Steve Austin here. He wrestled for just under 15 years. What? And then he retired on it. Not Maybe not on his own terms, but he stayed away. He's not got back in the ring. He's done a few stunners here and there. What? And he... He's kept himself in good health. What? He's in great shape. What? He's a rattlesnake. What? He's an ass whopper. What? And he's, <laughs> he's fucking stone cold. At the end of the day, you can break down everything. It's stone cold Steve Austin. It's WrestleMania. And if ever there was a time to go balls to the wall, let's fucking do this and go out on one last hurrah. You know what? If his neck's fucked anyway, he's 57, he's had a good run. Let's fucking do what we need to do, guys. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I really cannot understand the naysayers. Well, I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin in his pomp. I really don't need to see him anymore. Yes, well, I'd quite like to see one last fucking hurrah, okay? I got The Rock's last hurrah. That was pretty good because he was still in great shape. I got The Undertaker's last hurrah. Mixed results because he was broken down. Austin has not been back in a ring since 2003. There's the freshness there. Austin has not taken any bumps since 2003. There is the freshness there. It is something that we have craved for years. It's WrestleMania. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you know what? I'll, I'll even defend Kevin Owens. I think he's big enough to take this, this spot. I think for years we complained that Kevin Owens doesn't get pushed enough. Kevin Owens doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't get the opportunities that he should get. Kevin Owens hasn't been given the spotlight that he should be given. Well, he's been given a hell of a massive spotlight right now. And I think he's big enough to pull it off. And you know what? I would absolutely love Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin, night one or night two. Give it to me any night. Hook it to my fucking veins. <laughs> you know what I think that monologue alone has actually got me sold on the idea now I mean I never actually see Stone Cold get to do a proper run like before I started watching wrestling full time one match alone I think that might just seal the deal and I can say I have seen Stone Cold Steve Austin live but it was in a special referee's capacity they were doing a the SmackDown 2005 tour, they were in Glasgow. It was a triple threat between Cena, JBL, and Kurt Angle. Austin was the referee for that match. Amazing. That's actually what I mean. Like, it's amazing some of the house shows that come to Glasgow, isn't it? Some of them are so plain and pedantic, and then you get ones that, oh, by the way, here's Triple H. Oh, by the way, there's Stone Cold. Aye. Oh, by the way, there's Roddy Piper, who was there the year after. But there you go. So they, do you think do you think this will turn into a match or is that a brawl? I think people will be disappointed if it doesn't become a match. Yeah. Like even I, if it's even if it's a short and sweet one, kind of like you see Goldberg Lesnar or something, you know, it's still a match. I um you know, WWE have never ever said that it was going to be a match. Stone Cold has never said it's going to be a match. I would be disappointed if there wasn't a match, but if you just stomp a mud hole and do the beer celebration, you know what? I'd be absolutely fine with that as well. It's Stone Cold at WrestleMania. He's not... I can't remember the last time he was at WrestleMania. Was it maybe WrestleMania 30, you know, 32? 32, yeah. 
Uh, and before that, he did WrestleMania 30 and WrestleMania 27. So he's done yep. fewer and fewer WrestleManias. You know, he's popped up every couple of years at WrestleMania. And you know what? A nice week. See, even if this is his like last hurrah on screen, like, by the way, from now on, I'm not appearing on WWE TV unless it's to do the Broken Skull sessions. That's fine as well. Just one last amazing moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's... I think there's also been talks like WrestleMania hasn't sold out this year, so they need something big on the card to get people's interest, and you can't get any bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Some people, like yourself, might argue The Rock, but, you know, you pick and choose with what you've got. Well, we'll, we'll put our case forward for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, let's move on to night two. Uh, a match that was just confirmed this past Monday on Raw. Uh, Omos versus Bobby Lashley. Omos had never been taken off his feet until Raw just there. Bobby Lashley uh, back, looking a lot trimmer, but still built. You know, it looked absolutely amazing. The crowd were right behind him. You know, th- this this looks like he's going to transition back to being a babyface, uh, taking on Omos, and it looks like he might give the Giant his first loss. Um, do you see Omos getting a big win here over Bobby Lashley, or do you think Bobby Lashley ends uh, Omos's like, one-year undefeated streak? See, this is the, the big meaty men slapping meat match for, for WrestleMania at the minute, but um, I'm surprised Bobby Lashley's come back this soon, given that you know, reports were saying he was going to be out at least four months for from a shoulder injury. But I'm glad to see he's back so quickly. And you're right, he has shown a lot more face character tendencies. Even when he was, you know, in the midst of challenging Brock Lesnar, you know, he was high-fiving the crowd, etc. But very much babyface type, just not, you know, like... Uh, you know, like super baby face, like Bailey baby face, if you get me. You know, this is more just like, yeah, I'm the big man, I'm the almighty, but I'll still appreciate the fans kind of th- kind of face. And I think if anybody's going to defeat Omos, it is Bobby Lashley. Because, I mean, look what Lashley's done, like even all the way back during his first run. You know, he was the one to break the master lock, which went unbroken for nearly two years. And, you know, his run as the almighty as well you know he decimated everybody with the you know again he he made the the full nelson his own a little bit with the master the heart lock it makes sense for lashley to have another you know sort of (laughs) well for lack of a better word breaking another streak shall we say you know defeats the the undefeated omos uh much like in the same way he broke the master lock streak, as it were. Yeah. And yet, obviously, you mentioned even back on his first run, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a two-time US champion, he's an ECW champion, two-time WWE champion, two-time Intercontinental champion. You know, it's not as if it's, uh, like, I, I remember there was a, when Crimson, uh, back in TNA, he had an undefeated mm. that went far, far, far too long. And I believe it was bound for I think it was Snow Slam anniversary, sorry. They had um James Storm show up right like in the middle of being the most over baby face in the company. He super kicked him and beat him in three minutes and that was the end of his undefeated streak. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of like 
one, the undefeated streak went too long. Two, that was that was a bit crap of a way to end it. So I think Aye. it ended like a wet fart, didn't it? Yeah, so there you go. So <laughs> um, I think this is the perfect time to have Omos's streak end. I thought I honestly thought he would have been in the battle royal this year. He he was my sure. Oh, he would easily he would have, he would have easily won the battle royal if he was in it. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe keep it going a bit longer. But we're going to end it at one year, then that's absolutely you know, he's been on Raw since October twenty twenty. Yep. And not tasting a loss until April well, we say he's not tasting a loss, he might not get beat. Uh, he, there's every possibility that he retains uh, retains well, retains his undefeated streak, I suppose. Yeah, hard to say really, but I don't think he's been getting as over with the crowd as as much as people would have liked him to. Yeah. And I think Bobby Lashley needs to be solidified as a babyface going forward, and this would be the way the best way to do it. Fair enough. Well, well let's talk about uh, the celebrity matches on this year's WrestleMania. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, much like Logan Paul, giving his time to the promotion, diving right in. Him and Sammy are having some really good back and forths on Twitter and in person, even at the Jackass premiere. It's been a, it's been a fun feud, fun better than anyone could have hoped for when it comes to WWE and their celebrity feuds. Yeah, at first, I wasn't really paying att- much attention to it because, I mean, it, it felt very much like a comedy angle and it still is in a way. But now that they've gone to the lengths where I think Knoxville actually put out Sami Zayn's number on a plane banner and Sami's <laughs> been documenting how many phones and phone calls and messages he's been receiving, it was actually pretty hilarious to see that. And then obviously Sami showing up at the Jackass premiere, etc. It has that hint of reality. Like it goes beyond, you know, the cameras of WWE, you know, it goes to like, you know, Knoxville doing his being his usual prankster self, you know, giving away Sammy's phone number, etc. And Sammy obviously showing up at the premiere and stuff. It's the the feud has just become that personal that they're it's spreading over into reality. And that's that's what I like about that's why I find make, makes a really good feud if it goes beyond the fourth wall, as it were. And anything goes, it actually protects Knoxville a lot more than it does Zane. Because, I mean, who's to say, like, you know, Knoxville can't just get the the rest of the Jackass crew involved? Because I remember when we talked about the Royal Rumble preview, I figured, you know, if Knoxville was going to be in the Rumble, he has the, the feud with Zane. I predicted he'd get the cast of Jackass to throw out Sami Zayn and do like a comedy spot in the Rumble. But now I think they're going to do something similar for WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think WrestleMania is when you get the celebrities in. You've got Jack, if you've got um, Johnny Knoxville there, you're going to have the rest of the cast of Jackass there. And mm-hmm. I, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. This is the one, the one celebrity match I can see the celebrity actually losing though, because Johnny Knoxville doesn't seem to have. What a big ego. We saw that with the, the Royal Rumble. He was willing to come in and just get his absolute head kicked in and not, you know, not worry about anything. So ironically, you know, Scott mentioned this. Some of the shit Johnny Knoxville's done over the years. Oh yeah. Getting, getting beaten up in a wrestling ring by trained professionals wasn't exactly too much of a stretch for Johnny Knoxville to do. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is the Anything Goes match with Sami Zayn. 
So I think Sammy's going to come out with a win here. Do you think? Uh, do you think we're going to see a Johnny Knoxville win? I actually do. Given that, given that it's anything goes, no DQ. Johnny Knoxville could bring the entire cast of Jackass to help him win. Sami Zayn hasn't exactly made a lot of friends backstage. He'll be vastly outnumbered. And I think if they're going to do two celebrity matches, I think they have to have one win and one lose. And I think Logan Paul's more likely to lose in the tag match. Well, we technically have a, a third celebrity match. Pat McAvee um, announced on the Pat McAvee show with Vince McMahon. Pat McAvee would be in a match with WrestleMania, at WrestleMania. And it's Vince McMahon's protege, Austin Theory. He's, uh, he's done everything he can to try put Pat McAvee off. He's tried to punk him out and, and distract him and just... McAvee showed up on Raw just trying to punk out um, Austin Theory. It's been a weird one, but Pat McAvee, we've saw it with the Adam Cole and the Unspeed Era feud. He throws himself into this and he's not he's not afraid to take bumps or mm-hmm. put someone over. Um, I've got a feeling... I know I just say I think Knoxville loses the celebrity one. But no, no, I'm I'm just going to make myself look like an absolute hypocritical liar. Um, I can see this one going either way. Either Theory gets the one up because he cheats to win, or mm-hmm. McAvey maybe gets a roll up, and that's when Vince slaps Theory backstage. Like I told you, the unexpected. Mm. Yeah, it's this one's a bit. This one again, I think could go either way, but I'm actually leaning towards Austin Theory winning on this one. Because Pat has very much, he's very much solidified as a as a commentator role on SmackDown, and I think whereas Austin Theory is much more the full time competitor, and there's Austin Theory has a lot of potential to be a, a top singles champion in the ring. I think a WrestleMania win, much like in the same way that it'll help Dominic in a way, because I think they're roughly the same age. A win for Austin Theory at WrestleMania will skyrocket his stock. And I think he needs that if he's going to be one of the mainstay players on Raw. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, I I think a a win for Austin Theory at WrestleMania could do him no harm whatsoever. Um, But I don't think he's, I also don't think he's harmed by a loss, if you get me. Because Vince has had the yeah. expect the unexpected thing, so and yeah. with that relationship uh, with Vince, so hey, God knows, God, God only knows what's going to happen at WrestleMania. But let's move on to what's replacing the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal over the past few years. Well, it's a multi-person women's tag team championship match. Um, we yeah. have. Queen Zelina and Carmella defending titles against Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Um, ironically, for throwing together tag teams, there's been a really good build-up to this. Uh, Zelina and Carmella drawing everyone in, thinking that they've split up, using Corey Graves to their advantage, only to then just get everyone where they wanted them and beat everyone down. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan have been really good as a tag team as of Sasha and Naomi uh, Natalia and Shayna are sort of the fourth thrown in team just sort of there 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad Shane is there. I'll leave it at that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, but Ripley, yeah, um, and Liv Morgan have had a really good tag team together, as have Sasha and Naomi. Uh, and I think this could be a fun, a fun middle of the match cut, uh, middle of the night. Sorry, match. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Who do who do you see coming out uh, with a win here? Because I I don't see the champions retaining. I think nah. Sasha Banks is zero seven at WrestleMania. She's zero six. This would be her seventh Mania. All right, zero six. So I I don't want to see her go zero seven. And Neil mm. had the big moment at WrestleMania thirty three, where she she won the SmackDown Women's Title, and she she even won the. And at 34, she won the Battle Royal. So, but nice for Naomi to get another another WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. Take Sasha Banks for one as well, just as like a thank you for putting Bianca over last year. I I think if you're looking at Sasha as a like as a standalone in this match, she does need a WrestleMania win eventually, and I think this would be the best way to go about it. You know, give Sasha Naomi the win because I think it's. If it's not going to be the the former team bad, I think the only other likely pick team to win it is Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. But I think, given what you've said about you know Sasha's WrestleMania record, I think that's the glaring red flag that indicates that Sasha and Naomi are the favourites here. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But you know what? There is actually one very fun fact that I've just put, I, I put I put this in the group chat, but I'll share with the the audience here. Like this is like the th- I believe this is the third WrestleMania where Natalia has been involved in a women's tag team tag team championship match with a different partner each time. And I believe Scott responded, and I, I shared the sentiment because no one wants to stick around for a second year, <laughs> or stick with Natalia for more than a year. Oh God, she's just the absolute worst. Anyway, um, before we go into a rant about Natalia, like she's the only part of this match I'm not looking forward to. Um, we'll move from the women's tag team titles to the Raw tag team titles. Chad Gable uh, with the Alpha Academy getting back on <laughs> getting on at WrestleMania. He's been on the pre-show. He's been on WrestleMania. Uh, SmackDown last year as part of the Fatal 4-Way for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles, but um, he's actually on the WrestleMania card proper this year. Chad Gable and Otis taking on Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford of the Street Profits, taking on RK-Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions. This is a tag team that sort of started to come together the night after WrestleMania last year. It is developed into quite possibly the most, one of the most naturally funny and naturally charismatic odd couple tag teams up there with the likes of X-Pac and Kane. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly thought, and I, I feared as well, that Randy Orton and Riddle would have a match at this year's WrestleMania. I'm glad that they're going to give us another, another couple of months before the eventual breakup. But Randy Orton and Riddle have been absolutely sensational together. Yeah, I agree. The absolute best bromance, literally, since probably Team Hell No. Like, these guys have been 
absolutely brilliant since they started teaming together. And I recall Randy Orton said in an interview, like, this time period of his career has been the most fun he's ever had, and he now considers Riddle a genuine friend, which is it's really nice to see that they sort of, they're not just tag teaming for the sake of telling a storyline. They're actually became, they've actually became friends out of this. And it's really, it's really heartwarming to see, especially, you know, when Randy Orton in the past has been very much a very serious and almost violent character in a way, just see him in a, in a comedy aspect or semi comedy aspect. It just adds a whole new dimension to his character and trying to see the serious guy try, try to be funny. It's funny just watching that happen. So I'm really pleased that RK Bro are sticking around and I actually have them down as winning this match. Uh, and like I said earlier, I think there's potential for a Street Profits heel turn and it could be an RK Bro versus a heel Street Profits uh, for WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, I think the Street Profits have started to show themselves uh, with a bit of an edge about them. And I, I've actually really enjoyed that. I've, even if they're not heel, uh, I'd, I'd like them going forward to maybe keep this edge about them. Yeah, they can still do the, the backstage narrator thing and the the backstage sort of promos and segments, but then they can do the sort of take the glasses off, get serious for a minute. Um, mm. And... Yeah, yeah, they they've been really good so far in the build up. All three teams have been really, really good in the build up. Usually at WrestleMania, you get sort of much like the women's one, you got a thrown together tag team title match. But ironically, the tag titles on Raw and the women's tag titles have actually had a lot of story time this year. And mm-hmm. the the Raw tag team titles, with the addition of the Street Profits, who are undoubtedly the the number one actual tag team, and the addition of guys like Riddle and Randy Orton who are over the singles competitors, it's really resulted in the tag title match this year being one of the biggest matches on the card. I like For the first time in a long time, I'm actually excited to see a Raw tag team t- title match. But I was worried Alpha Academy would get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But over the last couple of months, you know, Gable's personality has been able to shine through a little bit. And he's now, he's now got like a catchphrase to finally go along with his really smarky persona. <laughs> I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Sheesh. It's the, I love the interaction with Kevin Owens. You know, you say that weird, but I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not hear how weird that is? Um, thank you. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that on repeat for like 10 hours? That would just melt your brain. (laughs) Speaking of anything else, um, an absolute dream match. Edge versus AJ Style. You really don't need to say much more than that. Um, And I have loved how, you know, they've they've had this mistake before with AJ Styles matches where Nakamura, I'm looking at you, they (laughs) put one of them heel. They just played it off as a dream match. They've not done that here. Here, they've full on went edge as a bastard, and it, it, it wasn't the I've just won the Royal Rumble. You know, I'm not to be trusted, sort of guy. It's it's full on booted to the bottom. Like, it seems to be a thing for AJ Styles' career. Like he he gets kicked in the balls a lot. Um, as yeah. a, as four children, um, but yeah. 
full on kick to the balls, full on letting everyone know I'm better than you. I'm I'm the best wrestler to do it ten years ago. I'm the best wrestler now. You know, I've liked the edge, and you know what? People were upset that uh, he's changed his theme song. I like it so many times. People change their persona and change everything about themselves, but they still keep the same theme song that doesn't fit the character. Mm. This new, this new suited and booted and blue lighting and the new theme song works really well for Edge because for a while we really had a bit of a it was a bit of a nostalgia act with the the sort of playing the brood and then doing the the metalingus song you know he sort of became and then he did the whole thing teaming with his wife and it's like oh that's a nice wee swan song for his career no, now he's came back and he's back with a vengeance and the character and the build here. I I like it. It's been very, been very one week it's AJ, one week it's Edge, one week it's AJ, one week it's Edge. They've not been overexposed to each other. We, we talked about Corbin and Drew being basically the match they're going to have at WrestleMania the week before Raw. And I like that it's been very understated and it could lead to a rematch further down the line with a bit more pomp and circumstance around it. Mm. This this feels like Edge's final evolution, you know, all that evil that's been festering inside of him has just finally come out and, you know, RIP Metalingus because it was a cracking theme song, but I think for this final stage he needs to fully embrace that darkness and it, it's still it's still alter bridge that's performing it so it's not like a, a drastic change in his theme song but you know obviously the last couple of years is since his return at the 2020 royal rumble it's felt like nostalgia edge you know get back that you know that feel good feeling from early 2000s late 90s etc like that was a edge that everybody loved but this one this version of edge you know this is one that people can really hate on because, you know, AJ Styles is a universally popular figure in the within the wrestling community. Uh, and it only makes sense, you know, that these two, you know, have the dream match, but with a universally loved character like AJ Styles going up against the ultimate evil Edge. Because, I mean, his evolution over time has been outstanding. You know, he goes from, you know, the, the plucky upstart tag team with Christian to the, you know, the Shades and Trenchcoat Edge, to the Sex Pest Edge, to the Cougar Bay Edge. Uh, and now he's he's fight, he's finally like, you know, this is La Familia Edge cranked up to, to 11. And it's almost Undertaker-esque, dare I see, but with a, with a hint of the brood about it. It's, it's such a, such a unique transformation, but he's doing it brilliantly. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think he's he's doing it brilliantly. It's another another evolution in in Edge's sort of many, many stages of evolution. You know, people always talk about Chris Jericho. Edge, I think, does it because if something doesn't work for Edge, he changes it. Whereas Jericho, I feel like see the pain maker. Like I think uh-huh. Who thinks that that version of himself is a lot more over than it is? You know, like he brought it out. He, oh, I need to bring out the pain maker to take up Nicholas Cage. 
and you're like, what? Like, why? Why do you need? But what one was the pain maker again? Like, how many people saw that? Six. Okay, yeah, cool. No, we're all right. <laughs> Whereas Edge, every every iteration of them, from you know the Brood to the Goofy tag team with Edge and Christian, Radar Superstar. You know, it's all worked. You know what I mean? It's all resulted in something. And don't get me wrong, like, I don't think many of us will look back fondly on grit, grit, grit. Mm-hmm. I have grit. This is my wife. She also has grit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rock salt. That's the thing. Like, it wasn't working. So he changed it. He changed it up. And now he is a despicable heel again, and it's great to see. So, yeah, Edge, Edge AJ Styles, I think, um, I'm thinking sensical and not with the wonder of WrestleMania in hand. I think if AJ Styles is sticking around, he needs the win. But we've said this before about Edge, always he stick it, and then he ends up sticking around for a few weeks. So, yeah, I, I I don't know who's going to win this. Well, obviously, for my draft team, I'd love Edge to win. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think I'm leaning 60-40 to AJ Styles winning here. Yeah, I think so. Again, this is another one that could go either way. But I think AJ Styles could do with a win here. Yeah. Um, that leads us to the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. And you know what? I, I don't say they're far wrong. Um, Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion, and in, in full-on cowboy Viking mode. He is beloved by the WWE Universe. He's over. He's shown a bit more of his personality. Going up against Roman Reigns, who is in God mode at the minute. He is 500 days plus universal champion he's over as anything he's got Paul Heyman by his side he's got the Usos by his side he's it's title for title winner take all to unify the titles that they've started referring to I'm going to be the undisputed champion I'm going to be so I think this is going to be the end of one of the titles going forward Dave Brock Lesnar Golden I think, I, I can't see any way Roman Reigns doesn't come out with both titles at the end of WrestleMania. Could you convince me otherwise? No, I agree. I think this match has got Roman Reigns written all over it. Because given what some reports had said a while back, where they're looking to make Roman Reigns the greatest of all time, you know, or one of the greatest of all time, you know, bigger than Hogan, bigger than Austin, and dare I say it, bigger than The Rock. This has to be the match that Roman Reigns wins. Because nothing against Brock Lesnar, you know, he's massively accomplished within WWE and elsewhere. I mean, he's the guy that broke the bloody streak, for God's sake. I mean, you don't get a bigger WrestleMania win than that, in depending who you ask. But... You said it yourself, Roman Reigns is in God mode at the minute. And earlier to what I alluded to about, you know, if you're starting a new season of WWE, the bloodline has to look as strong as possible. And can you imagine the amount of bragging 
and claims of acknowledge me you would get the night the week after it's this has got roman reigns i think as the favorite to win even undertaker himself when he was asked about it he said he favors roman reigns in this one yeah i think i can't see I can see Roman not walking up with the title, but I will also say I don't see WrestleMania ending with just Roman looking content with both titles. I think we are. I think if he's there, I think The Rock challenges Roman after the match for next year's WrestleMania. Or, Mm -hmm. and I'm just throwing this out there, he's wrestling on the Saturday. Could Corey Rhodes make his presence felt on the Sunday? Mm, I don't think it'd be as big as The Rock showing up because I think that's top of the range wishful thinking at this stage. Even it'd be a it'd be a don't trust the watermark moment, shall we say, if The Rock were to show up. Cody, I think, should relish the pop he gets if he's Seth Rollins' opponent. And whatever happens afterwards, it, that could happen on the Raw after. But you you said it yourself. Your your fantasy booking is having The Rock to challenge him afterwards. Kind of like what Cena did at Money in the Bank and then Lesnar came back after 18 months away at SummerSlam. Why don't make it three for three? Yeah, my fantasy booking is having The Rock beat him there and then. Okay, <laughs> that's, my, that's my fantasy booking. I don't know. I don't know what, about you, but personally, I think The Rock would look great with both those titles. Mm. I mean, they did have like a, a champion of champions title in one of the WWE games a while yes. back, but it was but it was this nice sort of silver looking title with the three brand names on it, and I'm pretty sure The Rock was the default champion if you set it to default. Oh, there you go. There you go. See, WWE knows. WWE knows. (laughs) Anyway, we've talked about possibly the biggest WrestleMania match of all time there. We now move to the biggest ego of all fucking time, David Campbell. He's done this for months. I haven't asked him to. Ever since I took over from Central, he's put the GOAT's question. He posted one a few weeks ago talking about WrestleMania and I told him WrestleMania previews next week, jackass. Um, so we have two two David Campbell questions, two in the one week. Let's just get them out of the way, yeah, David? Yeah, let's, might as well, yeah. Yes. So, and I'm, I'm going to read this verbatim. This is, this is one of his last ever questions. He put, last, last ever goat's question. Because that arsehole Ross McLeod hates me for no reason whatsoever. And the news that's come out today that Triple H has retired. Here is one of my final questions. What is your favourite ever Triple H moment? To which I responded, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll go into some of the answers here. Um, Sean Smith said... Uh, he's got three. He's got the street fight with Cactus Jack at the Royal Rumble 2000, the Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker, 
and his Batista feud in 2005. He's also posted a photo of when Batista had Randy Orton on his shoulders and Triple H gave him the big Julius Caesar thumbs down. Um, Robert Scott Shaw has commented Triple H versus Mankind Hell in a Cell talking about uh, that was No Way Out 2000 Uh, Ryan DeGleish says 2002 for obvious reasons Royal Rumble 2020 Cactus Jack and Royal Rumble 2000 Cactus Jack Ryan DeGleish good ever good god this is who we're bringing into the fold here I know even the 2016 Royal Rumble match just to act as a final boss on the very ill-received at the time Roman Reigns match, so it's quite good. Aye, uh, fair enough. You commented about the MSG pop was unreal. His WrestleMania entrances were always spectacular, uh, especially WrestleMania 30 and, of course, the end of an era, Hell in a Cell, I think. Hell in a Cell is a lot of people's choice here. Uh, Callum Bennett says when he threw Randy Orton through the glass... We'll never ever forget that moment. Oh, and the pedigree on Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Aye. And the woman who played Randy Orton's wife that wasn't his wife. <laughs> uh, Matthew Haggart, who said him appearing in ICW was surreal. And he puts a gif of the Triple H Undertaker stare down. He said this entire time period was unreal. That really was an unreal time, that two years. Yeah. That return as well was such a shocker because every all eyes were on Undertaker returning and then Triple H just popped up at, literally out of nowhere. I jumped at my sofa when I heard the game uh, by motor, Motorhead come on. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hume says uh, his entire run of DX, being in DX for me, uh, was his favourite Triple H moment. So it is a shame, obviously, we will, we'll discuss that just quickly. Triple H announcing his retirement. Uh, mm. Obviously, due to the the heart, the, uh, the genetic heart issue that he has, he says he's he doesn't want to go out in the ring, and of course, he's got to think about he's got three young daughters. Um, so you've obviously you've got to think about he's obviously got to think about his health and his family first, uh, and it's just a shame he didn't get to go out with one last match the way he wanted, but. Mm. The guy is taking has been taking more and more time away from the ring, um, like even before the heart issue. So I think he basically he done everything he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Aye. Like even had a couple of matches against his sort of NXT brethren uh, on house shows. So I think he was absolutely fine just to step away quietly, which is ironic considering. Like the the booker he's become, considering the stories you used to hear about how he was like he had to be the big star, you know, he had to be the center of attention when he was a wrestler. It's ironic that he's stepping away in such a, a low key fashion, and he's okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a well. There's not much you can really do about it, given that you know he revealed the the extent of his heart problems. It was a genetic condition, apparently. From what I hear, I think it was the interview he had with, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was like a sports presenter, etc. Uh, he he had ended up with viral pneumonia. He had fluid in and around his lung and his heart, and his heart, sorry. And it's he came so close to dying, it was almost scary the way he was talking about it. And now he's got a defibrillator in his chest. So there's absolutely no way that he needs to risk his own health just for the sake of having to go out on your back 
as you know, it's they say in the business, like you know him talking about his family as well and like how co- close he came to death. It just goes to show how serious he's taking it, and nobody, and I mean nobody in the wrestling community is going to fault him for it because you know he's been in he's been wrestling for thirty years almost on the dot. And the outpouring of support that he's had from his his NXT roster, from his Evolution teammates and other other people he's worked with, you know, take what you take what you will think about him. You know, the guy with the golden shovel, or you know, the ego bigger than his nose kind of thing. But it's <laughs> it's he was a universally loved competitor. You know, whether it was his in-ring stuff, his, you know, final boss sort of character. Like, I, I remember when I first started watching Heat, everybody said to me, like, this, I really hope this is the guy. Like, I want this guy to get beaten more than anything because he's such an asshole of a character. And that's, he was like the, he was the original heel final boss. And it's a real shame that he's he's having to retire under these circumstances but what a hell of a career. Yeah, no, absolutely. One hell of a career. And it's just a shame, obviously. It's ended uh, being told to rather than him picking at Bob's, as we said. He, he seems very content with the way his careers went and he's a lot more happy doing the NXT stuff. Um, so we'll move from one Campbell question to another. It's the last ever goats question. Jesus, these last ever goats questions are just like your retirements. They don't last very long. <laughs> very straightforward. What match are you most excited about he, uh, about heading into WrestleMania? Let us know what you think and it'll be read out in Central. Oh, fucking nice of you to volunteer me. He also put, before I go, I just want to take this chance to say Ross McLeod is hand on heart. One of the worst persons I have ever met. Have a good Wednesday, everyone. Oh, fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gallagher commented, "Oh, who cares?" Which David Campbell responded, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> uh, John Ashwood has put forward AJ Styles versus Edge as his match of the night. Uh, Jack Graham says, "There's three matches that I'm really looking forward to seeing at Mania this year: Theory versus McAvey, the Mysterios, Miz and Logan Paul, and Sami Zayn versus Joy and Oxwell. Pretty much the celebrity matches, which I think mm-hmm. I've had one of." Uh, have been the ones with the best builds going into the show. Um, Dalglish, uh, Ryan Dalglish said, oddly enough, KO in Austin, I feel KO has brought so much heat from it, albeit some of it daft. Also interesting to see if Steve's ability to wrestle after nearly two decades are still um, are still there. Um, they then go into him, Jack and David are all debating whether it becomes a match. You know, you and I discussed that earlier. It's not been confirmed as a match. We might just get a beer bash. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Alan Laurie says, will we finally have someone with a soul run this segment? Also, Sammy versus Knoxville, uh, because you know they're going to do something insane. <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm something broke you. David Campbell's response, can't wait for some jackass, eh, you jackass? <laughs> to which Alan Laurie responded, you're the BAM of ESSR. And David Campbell went, and you're the no one because you're completely irrelevant. 
Oh, uh, should we just let the the community page just go at it? Oh Jesus! Anyway, oh fucking hell! Uh, Sean Smith put Sami Zayn versus Johnny Strong style Knoxville and the Keo <laughs> versus Knoxville, uh, the Keo versus Austin segments. Um, and then the final comment was from me saying WrestleMania previews next week. You fucking knobhead, um, which really is the best way to close out the horrendous goats question that he has sent to me every week. And I know I sometimes give David Campbell a hard time on this show, but rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, despite the fact that he is leaving, I will continue to slander, berate and belittle David Campbell for years to come. You have my word on that, dear listeners. Anyway, um, this has been a very, very big central. It'll be even bigger next week when we're discussing all our thoughts and fallouts from the three nights of WrestleMania, along with Stand and Deliver and Mahana Mania when Veer Mahan comes to Raw. On Wrestle Mahania! Let, let me ask you, who does Veer Mahan face on his first night on Raw? Uh, probably a 24-7 competitor. I'll go with either Akira Tozawa, Drew Gulak, or Reggie. I said pick one, David. <laughs> okay. Uh, Akira Tozawa. Why not? Right, I'll go Gulak. I'll... There we are. There's an extra sweep question. Who does Mahan face it? Mahana Mania. Um, I'm going to go through your luck. Yeah, we'll have so much to talk about next week. We'll also have uh, lots of other stuff uh, from the WrestleMania weekend. Obviously, Rampage is going to be uh, on Friday. I'm sure uh, AEW are going to be throwing everything they can at that. You've got Impact's Multiverse of ma- uh, multiverse of Matches, I should say. We'll discuss that uh, on next week's review show as well. And so, so much to look forward to. WrestleMania weekend, it looks like we're getting back to a bit of normality. You know, WrestleMania having fans in the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I mean, there was even a match announced for WrestleCon that I posted in the group chat earlier. Uh, John Morrison taking on Taya Valkyrie, his own wife. This has got... uh, I want to be careful here. Um, Has there been a domestic or something? out with your husband you left the toilet seat up you didn't put the dishwasher <laughs> on your feet are too cold in bed you're too warm in bed you know just stuff like that <laughs> might, might be projecting some existential angst here uh, from my own relationship and I'm going to stop before I go too far <laughs> but anyway <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be a mass of WrestleMania and WrestleMania weekend content for us to review next week. Uh, I don't even know who's on next week. We open an invitation, everybody. On you come. Everybody come on Aye. next week. We'll talk about the wrestling. We'll have a laugh. But yeah, that'll Let's be next. We'll be doing that next. We, we might do next Tuesday to make it a bit easier, and it means it's out for Wednesday. Or we could maybe do it in two parts, release a Wednesday and a Thursday show. But anyway... Thank you very much, David, for joining us on this WrestleMania preview show. The most stupendous central that we've ever done, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, it's a hell of a lot better than that. Do you remember the live streams we used to do for the Facebook page? 
Yes, because yes. my shitty Wi-Fi sort of ruined it a bit. Night one was your shitty Wi-Fi. Night two was my pissing Wi-Fi, and it just my computer. <laughs> it wasn't my Wi-Fi. It was my computer that just decided to go. You know what? You're having a really good time with this live stream. It's a shame if something fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> A lot smoother than that tonight. Uh, thankfully, I think this is the way forward. <laughs> um, Aye, for sure, yeah. If you want to hear more from our massive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews, and all the news, then follow us, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. We've had our WrestleMania 22 look back recently. We've had the Samojo career retrospective recently. Uh, we have started to draft live every Saturday with... Scott, David, my guest today, Jack Graham and David Campbell now being replaced by Ryan Dalgleish going forward. What, a, what an absolute, I don't even want to say downgrade because David Campbell's not that good either, you know what I mean? Just to, to one, <laughs> one despicable human being for another, you know what I mean? It's like when Soccer AM gets a new host, it's just some loud mouth ball bag with three lines on his shirt. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, why did they get me this? Anyway, <laughs> and of course, if you want to follow us for more of my bile, then it's at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, quiz Showdown, we've just done the, I believe the tag team one's out now, isn't it? Uh, it should be, I think, but you best check with Daniel Campbell. Well, the tag team one coming, it might be out now, if not, wait a minute. Uh, but we also have a massive back catalogue of quizzes. We've got a Royal Rumble quiz, we've got We've got uh, TV and film quizzes. We've got just completely... We, I believe you did a Ruthless Aggression one. We've got The Chase. Uh, I believe you did a Ruthless Aggression one. I did, yeah. It was one of the first ones. And much, much, much more. A massive back catalogue, at Suplex Retweet. And of course, if you want to get involved in the conversation, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community is where you can find everything that we just mentioned there. Thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy WrestleMania. And we hope you have a good weekend. See you, bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now.